it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to Stromash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is the week six look back as we are more than a third of the way through the season. Exciting times. There's lots of things going on that we didn't expect. There's lots of teams we thought would be great and they're shit. And we'll be talking about all that tonight and a little bit more. Joining me to do that, I've got Ian Stephen and Gordon McGuinness. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. How's it going? Week six, a third of the way through the regular season. I had to do quick maths there because I hadn't thought about what my intro was going to be. I need to stop doing that off the cuff. Um, This is the point of the season where you're starting to get a little bit of a feel of how things might play out. And there's a couple of really interesting storylines coming out already. Teams doing way better than we thought they would. Let's look to the New York teams that are based in New Jersey. And then teams that we thought might do pretty well that are doing pretty shit. Let's look um, at the entire NFC West, uh, apart from Seattle, who are actually doing better probably than some people thought. Let's look up to Wisconsin and a little team up there that has uh, stumbled twice to the New York teams. And uh, let's look at Russell Wilson, because I always like to point daggers and poke fun. What can I say? Do you know what I love, though, that Russell Wilson and the Broncos have been relatively shit this year. How did they get on against the 49ers in primetime, though? Beat us! <laughs> <laughs> Shut your face! <laughs> so, as did the Falcons, which was also shy. Um, I alluded to this. It's I knew that was happening. I predicted the Falcons. And actually, this is the one week where I might have actually started to think about picking the Niners. But of course, the Falcons were going to win. Why? Because there was a big event. In Leeds, where all a bunch of 49ers were travelling from all over the country to meet and watch the game together. Of course they were going to lose. Of course they were. That's just how these things work. Do we not remember the Bills fans that descended upon London last year to watch a game against the Jaguars? Ha-ha! A gimme, they said. And it was not. And they, it was a shit game and they got beat. So this is the rules. If there's a big fan meet-up, your team's going to lose. I don't know what law that is. Let's call it Goodell's Law. Um... That's just the way it goes. That's crap. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of seriously confused. I'm. I'm confused from maybe a pleasant point of view because I was quietly confident going into the season that the Eagles would be a, a decent team, but I thought we would be slugging it out with the Cowboys. Maybe both of us sitting at like four and two at this point in the season. I'd never in my wildest dreams would be would I be sitting looking at the Eagles being 6-0, and and the biggest potential rivals are the Vikings and the Giants. Um, the odds you would have gotten that from the bookies would have been utterly astronomical. And I think it's... I, I mean, I, I, we talked about it in our live shows, which are absolutely fantastic, and if people don't turn up, you're just seriously missing out on expert analysis, guys. But I said that this point of the season, week one, just before week one, is where every single fan thinks this could finally be our year where we're good and we're all kind of having a laugh. But Jamie Jamie Borswick was adamant the Giants were going to be woeful this season and they're sitting at five and one. Everybody thought the Packers would sweep the the uh, NFC North uh, like 
14 and 3 or whatever. And it's the Vikings that have turned out to be the, the class act in, in that division. Um, it looked like the first couple of weeks that Lamar and Baltimore, he was going to be going for MVP and Baltimore were going to romp that division. And it looks like his gamble on himself has backfired the last couple of weeks, which I don't think people would have expected with the the massive roller coaster and everybody thinking, Miami's going to the Super Bowl, then Tua gets knocked out of existence and <laughs> they, they've totally tumbled. It's, it's been a, a season where it's so far, it's so unpredictable. Other than the Bills, everybody thought, yeah, the Bills are going to be really good. The Bills are really good. But apart from that, it's great. It's great entertainment. Um, if you're not a long, a long-suffering fan whose team is completely and utterly woeful, Jets fans must be in absolute disbelief at the moment. I think Pro Football Talk ranked the Jets 10 in their latest rankings that came out. And everybody had the Jets as Team 31 or Team 32 going into the season. This is why we love the NFL. It's crazy and it is absolutely transfixing. It absolutely is, and I agree with everything that you just said. Some of, like, the Jets and the Giants, for me, in the position that they are in, five and one and four and two, let's do this whole crappy if the season ended now thing. I know it's week six, but, you know, you've got the Jets in the postseason, the Chargers in the postseason, and I think the Bengals would be the third team to make up the mix there, along with the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, and Titans, Wild, right? Uh, and obviously, the, the NFCs, the Eagles, the Niners, in spite of our shite season, top the division, the Vikings, the Buccaneers. You've then got the Giants and the Cowboys, and then one off either the Rams, the Seahawks, the Packers, or the Falcons, all on three and three. The The Falcons at three and three is the one that surprises me as much as any. Um, the Buccaneers at three and three. Like, some of it is just bizarre, just bizarre, highly entertaining. Um, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a theory. I've been thinking about this over the past day, and I've got a theory. Uh, it might be controversial, but I don't think we've had a more—I could say average—but a more even talent of of playing personnel in the league for years. Other than if we take the quarterback position out of it, because quarterback positions always overanalyzed and overhyped. And people still say Brady's the best quarterback in the league when he's been atrocious this year so far. If we take the quarterback position out of it, there's only one player, I think, playing in the league right now that you would put into that bracket of being one of the best ever at their position. There's only one player. You can name all the other best players at their position in the league, and I'll tell you that all time, they don't even come anywhere close to players in the past, which detracts from the marketing of the league, but it adds to the competitiveness of the league. The one player I'm talking about is Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is head and shoulders above his peers. And by the time he retires, he's going to be in that bracket of Mean Joe Green um, and uh, players of that kind of ilk when talking about the best defensive tackles to ever play, play the game. But there's not that level of talent. And it's all very, very similar. And the thing that differentiates teams at the moment is coaching. And it's not just coaching in terms of X's and O's. It's coaching in terms of making sure your players are not boneheads and lose the game. And we saw that this week. There's been some bonehead plays that lost the game for some teams because these players weren't coached properly and they weren't in the right mindset for whatever their task was on that particular play. 
I so first things first. Uh saying there's one player who is good uh and possibly all time good right now in the NFL is absolutely Justin Tucker a Razor and I won't accept it. <laughs> oh, greatest, greatest, greatest kicker of all time. No, it's not really up for debate. Well, we, we could we could have a long snapper in that mix as well, Gordon. We could, have we, we could, we could. There could be. Uh, the thing I find really interesting is did, did Justin Tucker not miss this weekend? He did. He missed, this he is not like, the. This sorry, isn't the week. Sorry, He's, <laughs> he misses one kick from fifty-four yards or something. And it hits the post, and everyone goes, "Oh no, oh!" Even Justin Tucker misses now. It's not the same as the other kickers who miss from twenty-nine yards, and we go, "Oh, all." Listen, Gordon. People suck. only remember the kicks that Vinatieri makes. They only remember the kicks that Norwood and Tucker missed. Anyway, anyway, the point I was going to make is, so one of the one of the things that I think is interesting is parity is good in the NFL, and you know it's interesting that these teams are better than we thought they'd be, et cetera, et cetera. On a week to week basis, there's been a lot of boring games in the NFL, and it comes down to coaching schemes more than anything else, because of the. Um, success of quarterbacks like Mahomes and stuff like that, teams have started playing more too high coverages with their safeties and basically just not letting teams beat them deep. So that you get games now whereby quarterbacks just aren't throwing the ball more than 10 yards down the field. There was multiple games this week where quarterbacks just weren't aren't testing stuff because there's not there's not open passes. Like teams aren't uh, playing more man coverage and uh, in terms of stuff like that. And what's interesting with that is that that just lends itself to help underdogs out a little bit more because it keeps games closer, at which point you can, you know, you, you can spring the upset. Some like un- un- under bets, so betting under the total set by Vegas are like 60% this year so far through six weeks. I, th- I think one of the major changes that's really affected the NFL. So we go back to the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams, where the Rams were running that Shanahan-esque zone offense, the, the zone run offense with the bootlegs off it. Nobody could stop the, the 49ers that, in that year that were getting to the Super Bowl running that offense. Nobody could stop the Rams. You go back to the 1990s, nobody could stop that offense with Terrell Davis in Denver. But then Belichick decides to place five linemen on the defensive line and a kind of bare front nullifies that offense. And now teams are doing that all through the NFL and that the whole zone run uh, boot, boot off offense has, has really stagnated and it's really affected the way that teams are playing. I noticed um, the Raiders, when I was watching one of their games a couple of weeks ago, they had so many formations where they're running um, I formation with a fullback, which harks back to the 70s and 80s because they've realised that if you're playing five men on the line and you've maybe got two linebackers and a safety roaming, isolation plays with the fullback is actually going to work really well because you don't have the off-ball linebacker scraping to to help cover that run. And it's the whole kind of transition of the way this works in the NFL. And we're in this kind of flux period at the moment where teams are trying to balance out. Are we going to be running the ball? Do we stop the run? But then we sacrifice that second safety and we're up against Allen and Mahomes that can throw for miles and they've got 
speed receivers, and that's what makes it really, really interesting. But you still have to execute. No matter what kind of schemes you put in place, the players still have to execute. You can argue in the first couple of weeks of the season, players are still rusty about the preseason games, and that's why you're seeing some more of the mistakes. But the the more and more as the, the weeks goes on, it's the teams that are prepared, the teams that have players that have got the right mindset, that have done the right preparation work, that know what the roles are. These are the teams that are excelling. Um, excelling. And it's what gets coaches flat fired, not being able to coach. Simple as that. It's not just how talented the players are, but it's getting them to do exactly what you want to do, not committing stupid penalties. And it's you're going to see further evolution of this again next season because and the season after that and the season after that. As the college football continues to formulate its own brand of exciting playing styles that the NFL is going to have to catch up with to mesh these players into what they want to try and do. And that's what makes it so absolutely fascinating and also uh, terrifying if you're a (laughs) defensive coordinator. I don't think these guys sleep at nights anymore. I really don't think they sleep at night. So what what I think is really interesting there as well, though, is that so... Like we very possibly are at the start of a transition to running the ball mattering more in the NFL. But the reason why scores are still down just now is because even if that is the case, we've had like a 10-year transition from that being the case to passing being everything. And everyone thinks about passing being everything and it means quarterbacks have to evolve and it means et cetera, et cetera. But for everything on... Uh, defense, meaning that it's easier to run against them just now. We've also had a 10-year shift of offensive linemen, where offensive linemen have got significantly more athletic. There are now a lot more offensive linemen who are not necessarily the biggest, toughest run blockers in the world, but they're very efficient pass blockers. So it'll be interesting to see if this is something that continues to move this way, if we start to see bigger, uglier offensive linemen coming back into prominence again? Because we haven't really had many of the big, just road-grading offensive linemen since no, that's, well, like maybe the mid-2000s mid or something really, like that. really good point. And, and the, the point that Gordon Bacon is also accelerated by concussion protocols. Offensive line coaches are teaching linemen differently now. They're, they're not engaging with their, their heads first. They're engaging with their shoulders first. Or they are playing a kind of matador style of um, linemen where they, they allow a player to move one way and they just take them that way rather than trying to affect him with blunt force trauma. But you look at Lane Johnson, he was out the game uh, for the Eagles on, on Sunday night with a concussion, but no idea what happened because players now are so susceptible to getting head knocks. Offensive line coaches are saying, don't don't engage with your head, don't get concussed. We can't afford to lose a lineman for a game or two games um, because of a, a simple blow to the, the head that's innocuous. So time to turn and look at some of the award nominations that we've had. Cameron, this, Cameron, week, this we... is all this is all very serious and stoic. This is not our usual <laughs> usual I know. It's because we've actually got people that know what they're talking about on this podcast and the noise has been binned. So I'm bringing the noise back. Um we need to do our nominations for week six. Uh we'll go through our belters so we can pick our lock and belter of the week. There's a few people in here that are nominated, but there's a few non- people ones and just things in general. So first up, Keir Beaton gives his to Alec Pierce. Had a solid week before, was 
quite the majority of this week's game whilst Pittman was going off, but hauled in the game winner in tight coverage. Plus, he picked him up on the waiver wire priority 11 of 14, and he's feeling smug. It's amazing how much... Nah, just, I, I cannot stress... Fantasy football. <laughs> Bowfin, you're automatically nominating <laughs> yourself for the Bowfin Award. If you're re- reasoning for either the Belt or Bowfin Award, it's anything to do with fantasy football. And I don't just say that because in the NFL... Sorry, the Stramash Fantasy Football League. I am own six. Don't just say it for that reason. <laughs> I did, wait a minute, I've won a game. How can I be ahead of you when I don't even? I don't know. My, my team players? are bad this year. <laughs> I think it was me you beat this week. Either shocker, right? Uh, Patrick Watson. He gives it to Atlanta Falcons. I think they've surpassed expectations so far this season. Been very competitive in every game and could be in the mix for winning the division. Looking at their schedule. Especially with Bobak Brady's flexible retirement. Did, 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 did I not pick the Atlanta Falcons to win that division because they were the only team I could think of at the time? <laughs> I look like an absolute genius now. A <laughs> um, couple of nominations for Bailey Zappi from Paul O'Shea, Darren Barry. Uh, Darren says he got a few mentions last week, but showed this week he's got a future in the game. Torched the Browns. Jason Hoffman gives it to the Bills Chiefs rivalry. A fantastic game to watch at everything. Numerous lead changes, outstanding quarterback play, stellar D, especially from the Bills when it was needing, when it was needed, sorry. Feelings of dread when the Chiefs scored a field goal at the end of the second quarter in 19 seconds. And best of all, a final 13-second one-play drive in inverted commas by the Chiefs ended the game with an interception caused by Vaughn Miller doing what he was paid to do. He stopped Mahomes at the end of the game and forced a mistake. Poetic justice. I can't wait for the next one. He is, of course, a little bit biased. Joe Burrow gets a nomination from Ross Taylor. Him and Chase just look lights out, only going with Burrow because he rushed for a touchdown as well, but could be either. Phil Spears gives it to Jordan Poyer. Cleared to play, not to fly. Sat in a modified sprinter van for 15 hours to get to Kansas City. Made all his tackles, marshaled his area well, played 100% of defensive snaps, and then drove 15 hours home. Playing elite-level sport... How is it it modified? Was it a modified American (laughs) style? Was it modified UK style? Well, like... Did somebody just like change the little kind of air air um, intake kind of caps and... I don't know, maybe put a f- furry dice at the... <laughs> Are you thinking American... it's like in my ride modification here? Yeah, like American modification would be like a masseuse on board. <laughs> yeah. and Hang on, on. it was Poyer, not Watson. It was Poyer, not Watson. Um, yeah, well, this is it. Okay, fine. If you're an NFL player and you've got to drive 15 hours to uh, from Buffalo to Kansas... What modifications are you making to your van to make that a pleasurable experience? A jacuzzi, surely. Although you'd be a bit like a prune at the end of that. So that can't be all that great. Um, it's a bed, surely. You've got to have a, <laughs> let a guy sleep. <laughs> Some snacks on board. Well, Phil adds to this just simply by saying playing elite level sport with essentially one lung is impressive. Spending 30 hours stuck in a van with his missus is even more so. So I don't know was what Phil knows. Was, dri- was he driving? Yeah, I think so. I think oh, so. God, that's, if he was driving, it's, it's him. He's one. He's, I've, I mean, I've, I've been in many buses with, te- with teams driving the games and like Sunderland and Newcastle. And I know how much of a torturous expedition that is. That he's, he's won that easily. <laughs> For that. that is just that is outstanding. 
I'm having glad, a look. Glad, glad, glad it wasn't New York versus Seattle or something. Can you imagine that road trip? That would be horrendous. So it's just looking at this. So he listen. Drove... I've driven. I've driven back from Edinburgh to Glasgow with Gordon, and that was torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the bills arranged for Poyer and his family to drive to and from Kansas City in a van. Um. That's all it says. It doesn't specify specifically who the driver was, but it was him and his family. So you got to think he's driving at least part of the time. <laughs> Would you not get him like a limo or something? Like a Mercedes S class or like a van? What if it wasn't? What if it was just like the one of the free? It was like a with the rust and the wheel arches and faded kind of plaster or livery on the side. A guy kind of do his arm out the window and a cigarette. Roy Jordan, I'm in. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The thing I don't like about immigrants, Jordan. <laughs> right, this is us back to our normal sort of podcast. Uh, moving on, Yoon Chalmers uh, gives a nomination to Josh Allen. The man is head and shoulders above everyone else this season. At no time did you not think he was going to drive the field and score the go-ahead touchdown. Main question was how much time would the Chiefs have? Uh, Matt Ryan gets a couple of nominations. Reese Nunes simply says the guy passed John Elway in all-time passing yards, set a franchise record of 42 completions in a game, and made up for the overpriced and underperforming Colts O-line with Taylor and Hines both out, took the team to the win, and ended with an absolute butte to Alec Pierce. Yes, he's been a bit shite at times, but this week he was a belter. Mitch Trubisky gets one from Craig Cowan. Oh, um, Jesus. No way. <laughs> Mitch, this is... So I'm, hear I'm him out. Here's, hear here's, him out. No, no, before, before I hear this out, this goes to the point I made about the way defences are playing and it's like basically just bunching everything together in the NFL. We've had nominations for Bailey Zappi, Matt Ryan, okay, fair enough. He was actually pretty good this week. Mitch Trubisky. A bunch of quarterbacks who were playing rank average were just, oh, maybe that guy was the belter this week. Just rewarding Gordon, me. Gordon, anyway, Gordon, anyway, Josh Allen's, me... Josh Allen's going to win MVP or a Of course he is. I, I've got... Mitch Trubisky's never going to win anything in his life. And this is oh, his opportunity I'm sorry, I'm to sorry. win a Stramash podcast. We, we gave it to Gino Smith a couple of weeks ago because he torched the Lions, right? Uh, Come on. I'm, also, I'm sorry. Mitch Trubisky won the wild card MVP when the game was on Nickelodeon. That man is a certified winner. Anyway, please, <laughs> please let's let's hear a wonderful rationale for how Mitch Trubisky won for the Steelers in a game where they gave up twelve points. Let's let's well, hear the rationale. Well, Craig says simply, a man that has been less than acceptable thus far this season stepped into a game on a knife edge and got the job done in accomplished style. Credit where credit is due. Ada, Ada one forty-two passer rating against a very good defense in Tampa Bay. I think Gordon's just a bit better. I think this uh, Lamar Jackson get losing in New York's hitting him hard. We'll come to that when we get to the Bowfin, don't you worry. Um, so, John, John Linton, Robbie Anderson. Every Sunday disappointment and King of the Drops, Robbie Anderson has finally worked out a way to escape the swirling male shrub of misery that is the Carolina Panthers. After spending three quarters screaming at teammates and his position coach on the sideline. He was finally kicked out by the interim poison chalice holder, Steve Wilkes, and may yet be rewarded by being cut. We know now he was traded, ending the pain for all involved. Such behaviour, given the circumstances, must go down as an MVP performance. 
surely if anybody's holding a poison chalice, it would be the saints just for the, the kind of imagery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd... I, what I thought was incredible about that is that the Panthers are clearly in potential fire sale mode now. DJ Moore might go, Brian yeah. Burns might go. The Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey oh, I mean, what, it's he's, hard. It's he's, hard to believe that an NFL team that paid a running back a big contract are regretting it two years later. I've never seen that. McCaffrey, McCaffrey can't go because he counts forty million against the cap for the next two years. There's no way that any team brings a running back on with a cap hit that much. He has to be cut, clear waivers, and then somebody offers him a contract for him to join a, another team. There's no way financially that that will happen. The player that everybody wants is JC Horn. JC Horn is the guy that every single front office would call about. And, same with Burns. JC yeah. Horn and Brian Burns. Brian Burns would be incredible. Brian Burns on his Instagram today has done two things. One was post a story of Abraham, and then he did one of Jimmy Garoppolo, did he not? I don't know, possibly. Either that or someone was at the wind-up with that one. But but no, like, the thing I thought was hilarious about the Robbie Anderson thing is, like, like, he wasn't just content with leaving Carolina. He wanted to ruin any value they could have possibly got for him by absolutely kicking off. He got, what was it, like a conditional sixth and seventh round pick for a guy who last week would have went for probably at worst a fourth. And he just went, I don't want to be here. You've not traded me yet. So I'm just going to kick off and you're going to get absolutely nothing for me. And I kind of admire that. So I, I get this nomination. Cam Akers has done a very similar thing in LA, so we're we'll interested to see where he goes. I hope one of you is looking at Twitter for any breaking news as we're recording this. Um, we'll move on. Aaron gives it to Von Miller. Whenever he was on the field, he always seemed to cause the KC offense and Mahomes problems, coming up with important sacks uh, as well as pressure. Tony Romo gets one from Kenny Law. You're going to enjoy this one, Gordon. I know how much of a fan. I don't think I'll ever get bored of hearing him call games, even if he did give away the ending by calling the correct score in the first half of 24 to 20. Knowledgeable, funny, and energetic. I'd happily listen to him review anything. I I don't have much opinion about commentators. I, I think Paul is the most nitpicky when it comes to... <laughs> That was a very political way to put it. He hates every commentator (laughs) and all this stuff, blah, blah. I just don't understand the Tony Romo hype. He just just raises his voice to sound really excited. I I actually think when you get to the playoffs, I actually think think there's maybe a bit more prep work done. Just now, I just think there's the penalty stuff, the, the thing that really bugs me. As everyone was like, oh, he's really smart because he called that penalty before they announced it. Like he's in the stadium and they see they see where the flag comes from. So he's like, oh, oh, and they're looking at the offensive line and they're like, oh, maybe this could be defensive holding though. You're in the stadium and I've seen where that flag's gone down. That's why you know that's where it's coming from. Yes. Gordon, 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 much like our choice of moribund and bland SPFL teams, I have to disagree with you. <laughs> I like Tony Romo. Um, I like Romo <laughs> just for the fact that he's, he just genuinely seems happy to be there. He, he gives us that. I'm, I'm maybe a bit more long in the, the tooth, Gordon, so I remember analysts from like the 80s where it was very, very much he picked up the ball and ran with the ball. It was very good. And to see the level of insight Romo has, I think, is refreshing. Oh, like, I, I think, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's bad. I, I think he's perfectly good. I just don't think 
he's I, I just think he's overhyped. Like I, I've got no issue listening to him. I don't get annoyed. You, you, you don't think he's? You, are you saying you don't think the maybe deification of him is maybe excessive? Yeah, I just I just don't like. I, I think he's you know in the top six color commentators, but I I wouldn't take him again uh, over anyone that's on uh, prime time. I kind of want Eli to do it. I think Eli would be quite funny. <laughs> I think he'd be good banter, to be fair. Yeah, I think, or just like the two brothers, just take what they're doing on Monday Night Football, just make them. The, Peyton, Peyton would be the worst because Peyton w- would tell you exactly everything that's going to happen before it happens, and he would ruin all suspense because Peyton is maybe <laughs> the most intelligent player that's ever played the game. But um, I, d- I do enjoy Romo's... Um, it's a combination of excitedness and knowledge. And sometimes, like, Aikman, I think Aikman can be quite dry and he doesn't want to be there. And um, I do, you'll never get, you'll never beat Madden, though, will you? Madden's just going to be held up there and everyone's going to struggle to get towards that pinnacle that he had. But maybe a couple of more coaches actually coming in and, and doing... Some more color commentary could be useful. A couple of coaches. I'm surprised Sean Payton hasn't been doing it. I think Sean Payton would be really good in the booth. Mm. Um, you know, and he's kicking about. Maybe he's enjoying family time. Maybe we'll see him come back. But I agree, some coaches would be great. Come and see what they've got to say. Well, oh, Marcel's would be brilliant. That would be some expletives. <laughs> just, just he was a, there was a story about him a, a, a week or so ago where he one of the Giants games the Giants game in London and he was jumping off his couch screaming for uh, Dable to take a safety and Dable took a safety in his own end zone and Parcells is like cheating it and you think that's just like the ultimate in coaching kind of cheating your own team giving away a safety like, oh brilliant uh, he would be he would be you would have to have him post watershed in the states put it that way parcells would would not um limit his uh verbiosity for um <laughs> for for family viewing <laughs> a couple more to get through before we we're still on the beller uh the new york it's jets, been a good week it's it been has a been a good week. week the new york jets get a couple of nominations paddy kelly uh, Johnny Bailey. Johnny Bailey says the New York Jets huge win at Lambeau against Charles and the hapless Packers. They look a serious team now, along with the Giants. Special shout out to Cameron, Charles, Gordon, and both of Paul's teams getting pumped in the same game week, and the Steelers pull off a shock win against the Bucks. Pleasing. I saw fear in Gordon. Gordon's a nice guy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what I would say there's a reason why the Jets cannot be the belter this week, and. It's because the Packers are shite. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is playing terribly. The The offense looks horrendous. The defense isn't as good as it was mapped out to be, which, by the way, happens all the time. Everyone overhypes the defense coming into the season. And the special teams that they were supposed to be addressing ain't awful. so special either. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. In the NFC, the same, same is true for the Bucs. In the NFC, it probably doesn't matter because they're probably still going to get into the playoffs. And once they get into the playoffs, as much as I think the Giants are like a great story, you're still going to favour the Giants, uh, the Packers over the Giants in the playoffs, I think, because, you know, chips are down at that point. Aaron Rodgers has the experience. Daniel Jones in the playoffs is a pretty terrifying prospect. All those things. But right now, both of those teams, just they're, they're not even enjoyable to watch. Like, it's, it's horrible. It is. 
It is. It's. Uh, but it's not horrible at the same time. It's magnificent. Absolutely delightful. The only. <laughs> the only. Only real downside to this is it's during the Rugby League World Cup, so Charles Patterson has an excuse to just go absolute incognito mode. <laughs> we'll save it all up. They'll be, aye, they'll be back at the top of the bloody division by the time he's back. It'll be infuriating. Um, well, it's fine. We've got a couple more to do. Right, very quickly then. Cameron Christie he gives it to the NFL schedulers for putting Russell Wilson's Denver Broncos in prime time, so European fans aren't compelled to watch it and get a good night's sleep. Four um, times. I know. Four times in six weeks. It's mental. Um, Tony Brewerton says the New York football teams, and actually his nomination this week incorporates a proposal fittingly made by Mr. Charles Patterson as a replacement award for the pod this year. So here goes. New York football is on fire. It's not had many backers. The G-Men humped the Ravens, while the Jets, they pumped the Packers. Jackson couldn't handle pressure. Rogers shit the bed. New York football is on fire, and sauce is at cheesehead. Tony's Tony's really lucky that I like his whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, to be fair. It was actually very well composed. Yes, absolutely. Well done. Um, Okay, so... Who, I'm just see if there's anyone else that I've missed. No, I don't. Th- Mike Tomlin got one. Um, listen, Sauce Joe Gardner is, got a couple by no, the way. Sauce, Sauce Gardner, Sauce, but that's on. Listen, he's on he, both he, sides. He he looks like he he's primed to be the next big shutdown. Let's not just pass anywhere near him corner. He looks. He does look that good. But one thing that's really interesting, and this happened last week as well, the Eagles are sitting at 6-0, and we're undefeated, and we're not getting any nominations at all for Belters of the, the Week, um, which is, I'm not upset, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing against it, I'm just saying it's su- surprising, you would assume the team that's kind of stretched out would, maybe, maybe it's a team performance from the Eagles. So there is one. There is oh. one. Adam Mitchell gives it to the Eagles. I just missed it. And amongst all the Jets, the Jets, the Jets, it goes to the I Eagles. I like, see that Adam Mitchell's a nice guy. He's his a mom, Bells fan. Mom, takes after his mum. Lovely, yeah. lovely lady. Not even the most optimistic of Eagles fans thought they would be 6-0. and oh. Unbelievable display. They keep grinding it out. So there you go. Um, do you know what the Eagles do? First, first quarter, they kind of they go, hello. Second quarter, all pro. Fourth quarter, they fall asleep. Fourth quarter, they just run the ball a lot. That has been every single game. See if it was <laughs> only on, if you only ever took second quarter performances, we would be better than the 72 Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> but if you took fourth quarter performances, we would be worse than the... 0-16 oh, Lions. Yeah, 0-16 oh, Lions, <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> okay, so who's our belter this week? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Does Bailey Zappi not deserve no, something? Oh, there's there's no way. I'm sorry. Like, the other weeks, I know we did, like, the weeks that we gave it to Joe Flacco and Geno Smith, they were arguably the best quarterback in performance in the NFL right. that week. Fine. Uh, uh, make, make me the case, using anything other than vibes, that Bailey Zappi was remotely better than Josh Allen this week. He had a better passer rating than Josh Allen this week. Passer ratings are horrible, horrible. Statistics, Gordon, statistics are the king. Yep. Josh Josh Allen's stats were better than his. Bailey Zappi went 24-34, 309 yards. Right, so that's only 10. Against... 
against the Cleveland Browns defense that is arguably right now the worst in the NFL. Statistically, worst in the NFL. I think, um, realistically, I think you're probably looking at Matt Ryan, but I think just for sheer what an earth performance, it has to go to Alex Singleton, the Broncos linebacker with 21 tackles. And this is a guy who he, he played Canadian football, he made it onto the Eagles as a special teams player, and then he got a lot of tackles, the Eagles, but then he replaced him, didn't think he was good enough, and he goes to the Broncos, and he's just bouncing around the league. 21 tackles for a linebacker in the NFL. That is pretty impressive for a guy who's probably on veteran minimum salary. So I'm just giving a shout-out to... I'm not going to say the wee guy because he's, he's been 240 pounds. But you know what I mean? The guy doesn't get much love. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Broncos fans, you've got something good that's happened to you. Um, <laughs> but it's probably Matt, Matt Ryan, I think, that gets this week's belter for me. I'm okay with the Matt Ryan one. I think 389 yards, three touchdowns, broke records, solid passer rating against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that had. Pummeled them the last time they met. Josh um, Allen was against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but no, he didn't no face way. against Mahomes. He There's didn't no face way. Mahomes. He faced but, the defense. I, uh, the I Chiefs defense it. isn't I spoke, that great. I spoke about it earlier. Quarterbacks aren't really pushing the ball down the field uh, more this year. Other than Miami. <laughs> yeah, other than, other than Miami. <laughs> but someone on this podcast who, sh- who shall remain nameless doesn't normally write, but started writing again this week, wrote on Monday that Allen was like 12 of 14 or something like that, thrown beyond the sticks. He was he was phenomenal against the Chiefs. He was no, very good. There's no, no, other, getting away from no that. other quarterback in the NFL this week played that well. There's but only other, three teams in the, in the AFC that have conceded more points than the Chiefs this season. So he's not playing up against a great defense this season. He isn't. They're good. They're not great. I'm just trying to work out who it is this podcast that Gordon alleges can read and write. <laughs> I look, uh, I'm I'm coming down on Matt Ryan. I mean, do you know what? Because the rule is that this person goes into team of the week. Alan's going to win MVP. He's going to win the Super Bowl. He doesn't need a stramash. Do you think, think think of the impetus this is going to give the Colts? Frank Rice going to hold this award up in the locker room, say, look at what we can do, guys. Come on. And they're going to think, we can all get a Stramash Team of the Week award. It's going to mean a lot to these guys. I, I'm i going to go Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan. This is one of the darkest days this podcast has seen. <laughs> it's, not that, since, it's not that bad. Since, uh, since the last time Charles was on. <laughs> so um, forget all that because it's time to raise a glass at least two of us will be to uh, it's, it's a pint of bitters for Gordon over there but um, let's raise a dram because Matt Ryan you broke records you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and you are the Loch Lomond Belter of the week okay beating the, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars is now what gets you Belter of the week, incredible. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars were on fine form coming into this. This, this is this podcast. We're, we're gonna off. we're gonna get need to let Gordon pick the the, the ball bag one, or we'll, we'll be in trouble. Do we do, I don't we? even I don't even pick the winner of that, do we? 
Bowfin, we can pick Bowfin, a winner. Yeah. You can you can have it this week, Gordon. Oh, you thanks. can have it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so let's start. Uh, first Lamar off, Jackson. Lamar Jackson scored gore. <laughs> <laughs> after, says Lord Callahan. After the Giants scored to make it 2017 with six minutes to play, Jackson and the Ravens should have been looking to protect the ball and seal the win. At worst, punting the ball to give the Giants a long field. Instead, Jackson throws a pick, giving the Giants a short field, which they convert to the go-ahead touchdown. The next drive, Jackson is looking to make something happen, and as a result, cuffs up the ball again. Ayun Chalmers simply says, Lamar Jackson, guy backed himself to earn a big fat contract and blew the game with an awful pick, then fumble when they had the game in the bag. That's, that's, that's the only nominations we've had this week. Over to you, Gordon. No, I'm only joking. There's other ones. No, listen, no. listen I'll, I'll take this because this is hurtful for Gordon. He, he doesn't really <laughs> deal with it. The, the issues Lamar Jackson had were because of two reasons. Number one, L- Lamar Jackson, for all his life, has been the most talented player on the football field. And whenever he needed to make a play, he made a play. He never had to worry about it. And also Lamar Jackson decided he was going to bet on himself with his contract and he's under pressure to perform to an exceptional level to increase the level of salary that Jackson's on. Jackson has not been coached to make the throw that he made in the fourth quarter, I can guarantee you that. But Jackson felt because he's been able to win games single-handedly in the past, he could do so. That is the reason why he had the issues, because he is such a good player. He's been taken aside, I guarantee it, by Harbaugh and by his quarterback's coach, and they've had conversations about it. And he'll probably, if it's one of those ones, if he could take it back, he would take it back. But it's it's a byproduct of him just being so good for his entire um, career. You you can go back to these guys that have always done it. Steve Young, um, Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, these guys who were just the best athlete on the field, they made these mistakes in the earlier parts of their careers until they settled down a little bit. Am I right, Gordon? I I largely largely agree. Um, I don't I don't know so much about the whole like, oh, usually been the best player in the field and stuff like that. But there might be something to that. Where I do agree though is, uh, so actually set set the stage with this. Where where it's a little harsh on him is that it didn't even need to come down to this second time this season that we're talking about the Ravens and the Bowfin Award. And if a coach upstairs just radios down to say, call a timeout, the play doesn't happen. So third and one, I think it was, or third and inches, right before the Lamar Jackson uh, interception, they call, and they've called this a few times this year, it's like a quarterback sneak, but it's not a sneak. Lamar takes it and he goes off the guard or off the tackle just to give him a little bit more space to work with. The Ravens gain four yards. There's now... Three minutes, four seconds left in the clock. Giants still have three timeouts, but the Ravens have got all four down, or th- all three downs to work with. They still have the ball. Giants are probably going to get the ball back, like a minute and a half left in the game, at absolute best. They might not get the ball back again. Apart from the fact that someone lined up incorrectly, didn't cover up the tackle, illegal formation, which means that the play doesn't count, ball goes back. Harbaugh said something today that someone should have, some someone upstairs should have seen that they're not lined up correctly. Same in the Dolphins game. There was a clear miscommunication happening and you had a cornerback who you knew was a rookie who wasn't going to follow Tyreek Hill and no one radioed down to call a timeout. So that, that, that I think, is relatively concerning. The Lamar Jackson thing, though, is 
he's absolutely playing hero ball. And I think it's for two reasons. One, I think the Ravens rely on him more than any team in the NFL rely on the quarterback in the sense that outside of Mark Andrews, especially with Bateman Hurt this week, there's not a ton of pass catching talent around there. So kind of relying on him making some plays. And to Ian's point, he bet on himself this year. So he's absolutely trying to make every single play he can. And both of those plays, the interception, again, the other context of the interception was there was a bad snap beforehand, so he's picking it up, he's running. Just throw it away. Throw it away and punt, and the Ravens still probably win the game. And then the fumble, again, there's a little bit of pressure, trying to make a play happen. He's holding the ball down at his knee. If if he was not playing for a contract, would he have ran the ball for 10 yards there instead of holding on to it to try and make a pass? Possibly. Yeah. I think it's fair. Uh, to, to, to cheer Gordon up slightly, I don't think he actually is the, the Bowfin player of the week. Um, I watched this through hazy, hazy eyes at half five in the morning. Um, but I'm pretty sure in the Broncos-Chargers game, right at the end, um, a player who didn't need to decided to stand right beside the ball when everybody shouted fire, get away from it, and uh, pass the possession over to the, the other side needlessly for them to win the game. I didn't make that up, did I? That, that really did happen. Did anybody watch it because it was a Broncos game? <laughs> I watched it quickly this morning. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, didn't pay a ton of attention to it. I had it on in the background while I checked some emails, drank some coffee, and uh, it, it got the attention it deserved, I think, probably is the, the fairest thing I could say about it. Yeah, uh, there's a few nominations from that game, though. Like Most of them going just to... Well, JC Jackson gets one. 80 million contract to get benched against the Broncos. Absolutely fleece the Chargers of being the perfect fit in a Belichick scheme. Won't be surprised if he ends up back in New England a couple of years' time after getting cut. Um, Ross Taylor just says, just Denver. Just Denver for no reason other than the fact they're so boring to watch and cannot score points. I thought the Wilson move was brilliant. Geez, oh, I got it wrong. He looks done. Um, Justin Fields gets one. Steve Briggs, yes, the Bears O-line is an absolute shambles and receivers are garbage, but holy shit, he was awful against Washington. In three trips inside the commander's 10-yard line, he couldn't score, including overthrowing a wide receiver open on a layup touchdown on a one drive and throwing late and very high to another receiver on the last drive that would have won the game. At least the Bears will have a top three pick in next year's drafts. Listen, Cameron, I'm telling you, the first five picks in the draft are going to be quarterbacks. There's going to be teams fighting each other, scrambling to get in at the top five to try and draft somebody. I think there's quite a few failed experiments in the NFL just now, and there's going to be massive upheaval um, next offseason. Possibly even the 49ers, we never know. Oh, let's go back. and We've we've not got a first-round pick next year, so that's not going to help. yeah, there's there's a few other ones in there, but it, you know, Sauce Gardner gets one for the cheesehead thing. Sauce that's Gardner, not, that's fine. That's just banter. You pay sixty quid for one of those things, then <laughs> only in the UK. Let's be honest. If you've bought it in Wisconsin, it's twenty four dollars. You buy it in London, it's sixty quid. That's the less trust effect, which is ironic because that inanimate lump of cheese plastic would do a better job of running the country than she would. Anyway, this isn't a politics podcast. Let's uh, move uh, on. Uh, how how can... Uh, oh, no, it wasn't. I was about to say, how could we get through this? 
make that joke and don't say that is a disgrace. But that was pork, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pork, yeah. not cheese. Oh well, I messed she that up. She did say cheese. She did. She did say cheese. Then smiled for five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie Anderson gets a couple for his. Um, Cameron Christie says for sopping the bin fine Carolina for insultingly bad Car- uh, Cardinals team. Yeah, Mike Boone gets one, not really his fault, but I was stoked on him this week. And then he was favoured behind Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. Potential flash of the pan, planning waving him this week. Well, there you go. If you're in Keir Beaton's league, you know who not to make a trade move for because uh, he's going to be on the waiver wire. <coughs> who is the who gets Bowfin then, Gordon? Uh, it's not. It's not Lamar Gordon. No. No, it, it's, I mean, it's not far off it though. Uh, it is the NFL for scheduling the Broncos four times out of six weeks in prime time. That's a good call. It's not, it's not, it's not acceptable. It, I, I didn't even notice it at the time of the schedule, but see, even if they were good, it wouldn't be acceptable because it's four times in six weeks that you have no choice but to watch them if you want to watch football. It's worse that they're bad. Nathaniel Hackett right now is a bottom five head coach in the NFL, the way he's coaching. Russell Wilson's a bottom... 16 quarterback in the NFL. They've got way too much talent at wide receiver to be this bad. It's it's horrible to watch. That's why that's why flexing is such a good idea. You know the guy in charge of flexing is picking up the phone right now. I never thought I was gonna say this, but get me the New York Jets. That's the only <laughs> thing that can save the ratings. <laughs> okay. Uh let's at the end of this, remind me, we need to pick winners for the last three weeks of the whiskey because we've not done it for a couple of weeks. I forgot to do it a week and then I left Mitchell in charge last week. So I knew that structure that would go out the window. I know, just structure went out the window. He just makes it up as he goes along, honestly. He just wanted to talk about country and western hits for the entire oh, podcast. You had to bring yeah. him in. Okay, on to team of the week. So... Matt Ryan is our quarterback because under the rules of the podcast, he is immediately the, the, the belter winner automatically goes into team of the week. Uh, but what offensive line will he be playing behind? Any opening gambits here? Do you know, I, I'm, I'm going to make a play here for the Ravens. <laughs> so... <laughs> With, He's such a homer, this guy. So <laughs> Justin, Justin Tucker are now the real Hang on, players. hang on, though. Hang on, hang on. For one play and one play, one, they ran the ball really well in that mm. game. I'm going to... Can I share my screen? You can share your screen. It's not going to work on a podcast, but that's fine. No, but no, but you'll see it. You, the point is you'll see it. You've disabled screen sharing. Can you Ah, oh, Bloody just hell. Do just do it. Right. Anyway. I'll set the scene for our listeners. I'll paint a visual picture. So the Ravens' first touchdown run, they just blocked it perfectly. It, it's one of... one of. So, the, that, so for one play? No. Did, did you see the stats of that game? Hang yeah. on. Sorry. I'll, I'll keep sharing my screen. They ran the ball really well in that game. Ronnie Stanley, back at left tackle, hasn't allowed... So Ronnie Stanley had to play the whole game instead of splitting time as he comes back from injury. Didn't allow a single pressure. Outside of Linderbaum at centre, who was pretty ropey in pass protection, but good as a run blocker, they had a really good game. They, they, ran, like, they ran the ball for like 200 yards. They didn't, they didn't win the game because Lamar Jackson made some bad plays at the end. The offensive line was great. Okay. 
That's fair. You let the you let the Giants get through a couple of times, a couple of sacks in there. Um, that Giants defense not being particularly effective on the big plays. This is obviously their first interception of the season. The um, yeah. Do we shock? Do we shock the world and nominate the Jets? <clears throat> also, also, yeah, got an issue with the Jets. I mean, Priest Hall got 116 yards rushing. They put up 27 points on Green Bay, who Charles will tell you is the reincarnation of the uh, 85 Giants. Um, so <laughs> impressive for them. And they don't win very, very much very often. So I think we need to be liberal and, and shit. Don't keep giving it to the, the same big teams all the time. Give give the Hamilton Ackies of the, the NFL a chance. <laughs> um, have you got any numbers to back up the Jets one? I mean, I'm... Number six... <laughs> um, listen all I get all I get is memes of Jason Kelsey knocking people over sent in my Twitter feed so my entire world revolves around <laughs> Jason Kelsey just knocking people over that's just my entire take on offensive uh, linemen um, the, the Eagles offensive line was pretty good as well on Sunday Last last week I said I'm really really worried about backup third string left tackle Jack Driscoll playing at left tackle because of injury, but thankfully with uh, Malata came back played left tackle. Oh thank goodness, Mika Parsons got to worry about him. Then you've got Lane Johnson goes down. Driscoll has to come in instead of playing third string left tackle, he has to play third string right tackle. And they just shifted Micah Parsons over to him the entire game. He might actually, he should have won the player of the week just for the fact that he did not let Micah Parsons completely destroy the Eagles game plan. Um, a third string left tackle, right tackle, um, he was he, he didn't play very well, but he didn't cause a disaster, which is uh, admirable. So well played, uh, well played, Jack. But um, the Eagles line's been it's a combination of um, talent, but the coach and Jeff Stoutland, I don't think can be underestimated as a, a line coach. He, he's he's uh, one of the best positional coaches in the the NFL. Um, purely just in the. the the standpoint of the the amount of rotation that the Eagles have had to do over the last couple of years. I mean, they've been a bit like the Ravens. It's been a revolving door at offensive line at times. Did did you watch and listen to all of Sunday Night Football? Yes. Did you hear a certain comment in reference to Eagles left guard Landon Dickerson? Um, there was a couple. <laughs> So uh, the guy who founded the company I work for is a popular colour commentator on Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. used the phrase... Colin Chrisingworth. Yeah. There's Landon Dickerson coming right down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's it's after the watershed. It's fine. It's perfectly acceptable on Sunday Night Football. I, I didn't stay up to watch it, and I woke up the next day to like. And, and what's uh, what's Landon's number, Gordon? <laughs> it's number sixty-nine. <laughs> I do you know what I? I think I'd probably go for the Eagles. I, I think. Yeah, that Dallas defense has been great, but am I reading the stats wrong? It looks like the Cowboys didn't allow a single sack. It looks like that Cowboys all line was pretty good. 
Um, Lime was all right. I'm proud. Did we not get a strip sack of? Um, I'm pretty sure Brandon Graham got a strip sack. All right. Okay. Forced a fumble. Um, those they got pressure, but they were getting rid of the ball quite quickly, and they were running the ball really well as well. Um, Dallas really actually they made some really good adjustments in the second half. You have to give them credit because it looked like they were going to get totally wiped out. Yeah. Um, as much as um, um, Charles does doesn't like him, uh, Mike McCarthy. Uh, I think he certainly knows how to delegate his assistance and get things fixed. I think because we could talk about this all night, let's give it to the Eagles because I think that has been an impressive Cowboys defense and the Eagles did a very good job there. So I think that's that done, right? Because we need to talk about wide receivers. We need to pick three of them. <laughs> you can't. Um, so many. There's such a good receiving week. Such so, a good... yeah. And I'm thinking, right, you look at Tyreek Hill, who's the overall leader, right? Lots of yards, no touchdowns. For me, I. <laughs> I look at the context of the games in which they're they're in, and you know the the Dolphins were kind of in a bit of junky time, pushing it down the field, what have you. I'm going to put my pitch out right away of my three because I've already decided who they are. It's Stephon Diggs. Yep. It's Jamar Chase. <laughs> Junk. Yep. Junky time. <laughs> <laughs> Just all these players on the sideline with needles in their arm. Junky time, man. <laughs> Um, so it's Stefan Diggs and it's Jamar Chase, and it is. And I'm, I'm actually changing my mind. Not Juju Smith Schuster, um, because it's not, not Juju Smith Schuster over Tyreek Hill this week. <laughs> that's that's worse than the Matt Ryan over Josh Allen thing. You're right with the first two. Fine. It's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's the third. But is he just because he gets yes. loads of yards? I know that's the point. That's the I know that's job. the point. I know that's the point. <laughs> I, uh, I'd look at more. I like the Michael Pittman performance. Yeah, Pitt- Pittman was good. Um, Diggs, Chase was good. So Waddle was good this week. Co- con- context is so important. Tyreek Hill had the most yards of anywhere in the NFL this week. He had the most first downs of anywhere in the NFL this week. He was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't. Right, I think you've got, I think you've got, you you've got Pittman at X, you've got Hill at Z, and we just need a, a Y man Diggs. coming across at Diggs. So yeah, I think um, I think that's pretty. So no, Jamar Chase. Chase was good, but that one I, play just I, for him I, skipping I, into I, the I, end zone, I, I would. touchdowns. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry a whole lot about like who's playing the slot and who's not. I would, no. I would. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Hill, Diggs, and Pittman, and we're not putting Jamar Chase in, or are we taking Pittman out? I, I, I would have because Chase he didn't get that. Right. I'm happy with that purely because Chase got two touchdowns and Pittman did a lot, but he didn't score. Um, so there you go. Three Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase are our wide receivers. Who plays tight end this week? Kelsey. Is it Kelsey? Is it anyone else? It's probably Mark Andrews had a pretty good it's, game. Yeah, Kelsey was probably better. And Robert Tonyan did pretty well. good. Yeah, it's a pretty average quarterback thrown to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike Gazicki two touchdowns, given how little game time he's played. Uh, Kelsey would win it two weeks in a row, though, wouldn't he? I don't. I mean, tight, but tight end though, like we know this, but the, yes, it's going to be the, the week. Same couple. Tight, tight end's going to be Kelsey Andrews. Maybe occasionally, Kelsey. Gordon, Gordon, who the better blocking performance between Kelsey and Andrews this week? Hey, let's let's find out. It would be Andrews. 
Kelsey's I think, a good, I think it was. A good blocker, but yeah. Kelsey uh, is good, but he was much more active Mark, in the receiving game. Mark Andrews has improved a lot as a blocker this season so far. Uh, Mark Andrews. Okay. Some pressure now, trying to move quickly. Yeah. This also doesn't work well on a podcast. No, it's terrible. You're looking up there. You, you can edit this bit out. Yeah. Not, I don't edit this podcast. Don't be ridiculous. Got stuff uh, to do. A better run blocker was Mark Andrews. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, give it to Andrews. That's Andrews is in. Running back. Uh, Brees Hall? Yeah, I'm thinking Brees Hall. Brees, Brees Hall, Kenyon Drake. Kenneth no, Walker. Drake. Drake Drake had a mistake late in that game. I can't remember what it was, but it was like he had a mistake late in that game that was pretty critical. Uh, Kenneth Walker's another option. Um, Listen, Walker might be in the conversation for, for rookie of the year at the end of the season. Same, I think. same with Brees Hall. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. I thought he did really well for a long time against the Rams and then they just stopped using him. Uh, no. The, the problem is, is that was... <laughs> Did anyone see what the Panthers' passing attack was? He spent, Gordon, stop trying to push this. You you I, kept pushing Levy on, sorry, not Gordon, I, Cameron. Oh, Cameron. <laughs> you kept pushing Levy and Bell until he was like 32. <laughs> Just because you had him in your fantasy team. I don't have him. Well. I'd love him in my fantasy team. I don't have him. Um, fine, I'll move away from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, due to Listen, Kyler Murray gets a, gets a shout for running back. <laughs> <laughs> good, he was good. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Hall. Yeah, fine. There you go. Okay, that is the team of the week decided. We have Matt Ryan at quarterback behind the Eagles O-line. These receiving options are Hill, Diggs and Chase with Mark Andrews, his tight end, and Brees Hall, his running back. On to week seven then. What are the things that you're most interested in this week other than Ian... A last plug of our live events in Glasgow and Edinburgh. Glasgow, come and join us because we're going to committee room nine. We're going to be joined by uh, Eagles legend in Hollis Thomas. And Saints. Saints as well. And Saints, of course. And Panthers for a cup of coffee, as he'll tell you. (laughs) And uh, we're going to sit down, hear from him, and then watch some football together on Sunday night. Yeah, it's just going to be like it's going to be like the last time we came to Glasgow. We're going to have a live show. We're going to have uh, prizes to give away. Um, we're going to be able to watch Red Zone. We're going to be able to watch the live game on Sky. There's going to be plenty of beer. There'll be food in order. It's going to be uh, a, a selection of Stramash podcast people there for you to come along and remonstrate with. I can't believe that you gave tight end of the week to Mark Andrews when it was clearly Jason Kelsey. <laughs> oh, Travis Kelsey. I, can't, I don't even Jason, know which Kelsey is. I'm so enraged. I'm enraged by your decisions so much. I can't get their names correct. You can remonstrate with us. Um, Hollis is possibly one of the most entertaining players you will ever encounter in the NFL. He's got stories galore. I had him on the phone to me this uh, this evening for the podcast. I couldn't get him off the phone. Um, he was great, uh, telling me about how uh, he'd naked players running on when uh, streaking when he was playing and he thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so, <laughs> And then on the Monday, it's an extended live show, sit down, chat with Hollis, um, 
you're not going to get this sort of experience. Listen, see when NFL UK comes over, it's great. They bring players over, but they're up there on the stage. You don't get to interact with them. They come on, do their bit, they go away. You get the full the full booner. Um, you get to ask them anything you want. You get to uh, have selfies taken with them. Uh, and then you get to hear him remonstrate with Gordon about why uh, Gordon's analysis is terrible until Gordon tells him he's one of the best run defenders in the NFL in the 2000s and he'll suddenly turn around to Gordon's way of thinking I guarantee you that <laughs> hope so I mean he's got a significant strength advantage over me surprisingly so I hope it I hope it turns around and goes well <laughs> he still works out he still works out he's, seriously I think he can still play you could plug him into like some see if you've got a really bad run defence in the NFL you stick him in he would do a job <laughs> <laughs> so yeah check out our Twitter feed uh, or check out check out 82 Press for all the information on that one what games though this weekend is it that you're looking forward to honestly none of them okay great <laughs> <laughs> like, gen- Listen, genuinely Browns Ravens Browns Ravens is going to be a physical football game if you like physical yeah, football that's like, a, that'll be a good game to tune into that, that's I mean so go, go th- if you were to rate these games out of 10 Saints Cardinals uh four, four. yeah, fine. This Falcons f- Bengals. Six. Yeah. Six. Oh, that's a that's a good one. I mean, those it's, two you could be looking at two wild card teams there. That could be what? Lions Cowboys, five. Uh interested to see what the Lions can do after a bye week. How do the Cowboys do? Does Dak come back? But yeah, we're looking for narratives rather than anything else. Col- Colts and Titans, three, two and one against three and two. Yeah, Colts. That's the division rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Division o- only problem. Both of them are pretty boring. I'm not <laughs> that excited by it. Pa- <laughs> Packers against Commanders. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, are they going to be terrible? Oh, they might lose again. Oh, no, they're going up against Taylor Heineke and the Commanders because all we're doing is playing backup quarterbacks this year. The the Buccaneers against the Panthers There's not a Panthers game this season The rest of the year that I want to watch (laughs) Giants, Jaguars Okay, It's interesting Interesting to see how real are the Giants Because there's little pests coming along here And also they're expected to win That's the thing for me with the Giants here They're now expected to win So I would say that's probably a a 7 Ravens, Browns, 7.5 Jets and Broncos I don't want to watch another Broncos game the rest of my life, the way they're playing just now. <laughs> Texan, Texans Raiders, no. Stick it on Saturday with uh, oh, come on, God. group of, you, group of five playing, college football. You're playing for the first the first round, uh, the first pick in the draft of this. See, this. see Seahawks Chargers, uh, seven. Chiefs 49ers, I'll give that an eight. I think that's that's going to be interesting. Steelers Dolphins, no. not pre- Well, I'll be more interested if Tua's back, which I think he might be. And then... The Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. They're playing playing the New England Patriots. Maybe with Bailey Zappi. Also not interested. I don't think there's there's not there's not a game this week that's like oh my god this is amazing. I think there's like three or four games that are interesting. It's not there's not a game that I'm like oh I can't wait for that game this week. That's you tell them in a good mood after the Ravens lost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, really excited I, for the sport. I don't think we've done a very good job of selling week seven for the ratings. <laughs> well, there you go. That was another great podcast. <laughs> but do you know what? It's not just our opinions. Let's get the opinion from our friends at the WinFL show as they're back once again with their upset of the week. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. How are you doing, Dave? 
a much better, much successful weekend for the Rams. So I'm very well. I'll bet you are. Uh, but even more importantly, the Jets beat the Packers. The streak is over. Yes. We've done it. Yes, it we only, have done it. It only took six weeks. But finally, <laughs> we got a, a prediction correct. So now we're going to double down. We're going to get another uh, awesome prediction. So what we're going to do is going to hand it over to our man in the field, Callum Blaine. Um, can you hear us, Callum? Ah, yes, I can hear you loud and clear. I'm here in the Chapel of Love back in Vegas. I'm here. Uh, Elvis is performing a wedding ceremony. I'm just waiting for him to finish up now. Oh, oh. Elvis, Mr. Presley, excellent. Could I possibly grab a few words from you? So, after last week's triumph of getting our prediction right, who this week is going to be the upset in the NFL? Hi, man, it's, uh, it's all rock and roll, man. You know, like my mom, you're saying, Tupelo and Grace Lanyard, you know, just taking care of business, man, 110%. They're really important big lessons, you know, and I try not to try to you know, hurt my family or offend anybody. Oh, 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 you know, uh, thank you very much. Oh, some bold claims. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. The Washington Commanders are going to take the Green Bay Packers. Over to you guys in the studio. So there you have it, Dave. The Commanders, we're, we're doubling down on the Packers losing again. We've got the Washington Commanders over the Packers. You're going to need to explain this one to me, Dave. How do the Commanders do it? Couldn't happen to a nicer, more normal person than Aaron Rodgers. But yes, we're going for the Commanders. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure the Commanders need to rely on their defense. They've hit the quarterback on the opposing team one in every three times that they've dropped back to pass, which is an incredible stat in itself. And the only reason they're 2-4 and four and not 0-6 is because of their defense. And they've been really impressive this year. The Packers' offensive line looks really shaky against both New York teams. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's got to that age where he needs a lot more protection now. He's not as mobile in the, in the pocket. He can't get out of the pocket and extend the plays like he could. And now, on the other side of the ball, you've got Taylor Heineke coming in for Carson Wentz. So, someone who can run and move and extend the plays in Taylor Heineke. I think the Packers are in for a rough ride. So just looking at some of the things that needs to happen for the Commanders, they need to get Taylor Heineke obviously out of the pocket, away from the pressures from the Packers' uh, defensive line. Uh, they need to run the ball successfully, which is something they just have not been able to do. Gibson is just starved at running back. He's only had about one in four successful plays uh, from scrimmage this year for, uh, while the run has been called. Um I mean, for the Packers, they've they've had a good, a good defense this year. It's the only reason that their game's been close. But the Commanders on offense, they've only scored more than 17 points in two games, and that was the first two weeks. So we're really going out on a limb here. Um, but yeah, the Commanders, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go for a 16 points to 13 win for the Commanders over the, a failing Packers. Packers get one touchdown and maybe get a kick a couple field goals. But I think the Commanders just going to edge this. And yeah, we all love Aaron Rodgers, don't we? Not. So big up the Commanders. Come on, let's keep our streak going. So there you have it, the Washington Commanders over the Green Bay Packers. I'm actually quite excited to see Taylor Heineke do his thing. I thought he was very yeah. impressive. I've always been impressed by him every every time I've seen him play. So here we go. Uh, the Commanders over the Packers. We're going to hand it back over to the guys at the Stramash podcast. 
Okay, before we wrap Whoa, up. Oh, one upset. <laughs> the best thing is I was going to do the exact same thing and then I thought last minute, nah, Gordon, don't be a prick. <laughs> if they're right, we can play that back and that, that becomes a sting. So, Jesus Christ. I absolutely shat my pants there. That was very loud in my headphones. Um, okay, any other news items to touch on before we wrap up? We need to pick three winners. We are still going to... I haven't forgotten... We're going to do that. Is there any breaking news? Because we're getting towards the trade deadline. When is it actually? The the only, it's the... Okay, is it? 11th or is it the 1st of November? It's one of the two. Anyway, one piece of news today. uh, Starting next season, Amazon Prime is going to have a game on the Friday after Thanksgiving, commonly known as Black Friday. So Thanksgiving weekend is now going to have three games on the Thursday, one game on the Friday, which... I mean, fine. It's at 3 p.m. So Friday, 8 o'clock our time. Like, that's actually, it's pretty handy if you're in the so, UK. So, when's this? Sorry. Start, start again. Start. Okay. Just, <laughs> I'll rewind. So, what, you could actually just, just respond in kind and then listen to the podcast. Okay, that, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, start. <laughs> Starting next year, the Friday after Thanksgiving, so Black Friday in America. Right, okay, I get you. Right, I'm following you. I miss but, it. But it's but place. it's three p.m. Eastern, which means eight o'clock our time. Eight o'clock on a Friday. That's like, oh, I'd I'd, I'd love watching for when the when they had the um, COVID year and the Ravens played the Cowboys. I think it might have been the Cowboys or the Steelers. They played, and they played them at eight o'clock at night on a Wednesday. It's great. One of the best times to watch an American football game. Yeah, I think that's great news. All for it. Tremendous. I think um, uh, Russell Wilson's got a hamstring injury. He's had an MRI. They, they don't know if he's going to play or not on Sunday. Of course he's good or not. I don't know if it's good or not. He has to play. He's Mr. I have no idea what that was. <laughs> I thought he did. That's his, anyway, that's, right. that's like eight. That's like eight Russell Wilson memes ago. Now it's now it's the Danger Witch. The Danger. I I like the Danger Witch. I think it's funny. So, so bad, I actually so really bad. like it. Yeah. I I I give him all these other crap. See the thing though is I think all the other crap is actually quite serious. But that one was clearly tongue in cheek, right? And he was laughing at himself and all for that. The thing that's come out this week, I think, that is the Richard Sherman Marshall yep, Lynch conversation, yep, yep, yep. where they are saying that they have to go through his managers to speak to him. What a walloper! If the Bob Ag Award was still going, that would be straight there. Um, I've been saying it for a long time, and everything I've said has been right all along. Guys are too, and, and yet still beat the Forty Niners in prime time. It did beat the. <laughs> Shut up! Right, <laughs> I can't see any other breaking news as we go through this. I'm scouring the internet. So um, while you do that, oh, we shout out to Phil Spears, though, who's just uh, tweeted a picture of himself drinking out his Loch Lomond uh, Stramash podcast glass, which you can win if you partake in our competition, or you can buy this year. Uh, Check out our socials for that as well. We're selling a couple of bottles and glasses. Great Christmas present or a Thanksgiving present for your American friends. Give thanks with Loch Lomond, Stramash Whiskey, and two whiskey tumblers. Into picking the winners then, let's do the last four weeks. We're going back to week four now. Uh, Ian, I want a number between one and 42. Brian Dawkins, number 20. 
number 20. Congratulations to Stephen Bryson. You are the winner of one of those said bottles of whiskey. Congratulations. Okay, Gordon, you get week five. Uh, the number here is between one and 39. Saddest pair of quarterbacks in the NFL, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, 12. 12. Excellent. Okay. Number 12, I need to get to the right page. <laughs> Loading things. Congratulations to Cameron Christie. You are the winner also of a bottle of Loch Lomond whiskey. Okay. Um, I want you to do a combi effort here because it's between 1 and 40. I want you to pick the first digit, Ian, and you to pick the second digit, Gordon. Oh, um, uh, let us go for first digit being zero. Oh, so that's interesting because I actually thought what you might do if you were if you were really trying to be a wind up merchant, if it was between one and forty. You could have picked the first, the first four. Four. <laughs> and then my option my option would have been there is no second number or zero. I would have two options. Uh, okay, so uh, I will pick uh, number five. Number five, congratulations to John Lintern. You also win a bottle of Loch Lomond whiskey. Um, I actually quite enjoyed John's nomination this week. His was the Robbie Anderson one that was very eloquently and, um, yes. Th thoroughly enjoyed that. I did as well. So there you go. So Stephen Bryson, Cameron Christie, John Lintern, you're all winners of whiskey. Plenty more opportunities to take part, but that's everything for this episode of Shamash. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our nonsense. Please continue to share your thoughts on social media. Please come along and join us in Glasgow on Sunday or Edinburgh next Monday and join us with Hollis Thomas. Check out everything out on social media. We'll be back again next week, but until then, bye for now. <laughs>